0: What's up, everybody? This is The Booch, and this shout-out goes to all of the members of The Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of The Booch Cast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows movie reviews whatever episodes we come out with you guys listen you guys tune in and you show your support and it means the world to us and we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment but i want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch i am now officially on cameo That's right, the cameo. The same cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25, you can get a personalized video from me on Cameo and it can be for any occasion that you want. You got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday? I'll make it happen. You want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college? I'll make it happen. Whether it's a happy holidays video, it can be a gender reveal, it can be somebody who needs some motivation you want the boots to motivate you or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with, I'll help make the breakup happen. Or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style all you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch 365 there'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the booch cast from now till the end of time go there book your video customize it however you want let me know how you want it done and i will make it happen for you so go to Cameo.com slash 365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show.
1: Six feet see, and the dust still bleeds And I don't give a fuck and my heart's touch I'll see footsteps in the... What's
0: up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT Vengeance Day 2024, and normally this is the part of the show where I would be introducing a co-host, but I don't have a co-host this go-around. I am writing solo for this episode, and originally I was going to have Gator join me, but he didn't make it home in time from the wrestling show he was at, plus he was so sore from the match because apparently it was a very very hard-hitting wrestling match. So he was very, very sore. He had to stop a few times to be able to get out of the car and walk around because he just couldn't sit down for too long periods of time. And by the time he got home, the pay-per-view was already over, so he was not able to come recap with me. But I'm not upset about that because Gator was not obligated to be part of this. He was just offering uh, to help out if I needed it. So as long as he tells me in advance that he can't make it, I'm fine with that. And he did. So the fact that he didn't ghost me is why I'm not upset about it. However, the... There was an individual that should have been here with me for this episode, and that is, of course, our NXT correspondent, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. And there's a reason why Zach is not here. And no, it's not because he's been fired from the show. Although, I'm not going to lie, I was tempted when I found out why he wasn't going to be on the show. But no, Zach is still part of the show. In fact, he'll be here um, for the post-Vengeance Day NXT recap. So later this week, Zach will be here. But no. The reason Zach is not here is because he's at work. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you happen to catch our live stream of the Royal Rumble, we did our live stream on our Twitch channel where we do our wrestling watch parties. You know that Zach was there. We were at uh, Elvis Delinsky's house, so it was me, Zach, Elvis, and Desmond all watching the WWE Royal Rumble where I retained my prediction championship. Granted, it was in a three-way tie, and it was because... I won the Cards Against Humanity game that we played during the pay-per-view. But nonetheless, uh, you know Zach was there. The reason Zach was able to be there was because Zach put in for his vacation time. So he was able to take a week off from work. So he put in the day he wanted off. So he took off Saturday, he worked that Sunday, and then took off for the rest of the week. And while he was planning his vacation and putting in the days off that he needed, he scheduled himself to return to work on Sunday, February 4th. And of course, NXT fans, as we all know, February 4th, which at the time that you're listening to this was yesterday, was NXT Vengeance Day. And when I made this aware to Zach, Zach all of a sudden went, oh fuck my life. So Zach... <laughs> Like a fucking idiot is missing NXT Vengeance Day. So I have to do a major NXT recap without my NXT correspondent. It it would be different if this was like an NXT free TV episode randomly. This is not only is this Vengeance Day, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time we've spoken anything NXT related here on the Boochcast since Deadline. Since Deadline, there has been no NXT recaps of any kind on this show all you've seen lately were classic episodes and there was a reason for that and the main reason was because we went on hiatus it was you know usually after a certain point usually at the end of the year we tend to take a little bit of a break because you know sometimes you know we get tired we get burned out you know we're churning out content constantly so sometimes you need to take a break and just chill out and rest your brain and your mind and everything else so Zach obviously needed a break so i I went and gave it to him I of course put out the other content that I put out since that time which was the I did the Hear Me Out uh, variety show that Zach and I taped a long time ago I got around to putting that out I put out the uh, interview that I did a classic interview from, with uh, Mata from Tough Enough if you remember the year of WWE Tough Enough that Mata was on it was the one where um, Chris Jericho was the host and um, it also had Mandy Rose was in that particular season as well so there was a lot of interesting stuff going on during that time Hulk Hogan was a judge until the video leaked, and then he got replaced with The Miz, which made me want to fucking vomit, but that's another story. But anyway, we interviewed Mata from Tough Enough, and it was about a week or so after he was eliminated from Tough Enough, uh, Johnny Showtime, because at the time I was doing a separate podcast called Booch's Whoop-Ass Can Opener for the 10 for 10 Network, Uh, Johnny Showtime pulled that off, so go check out the Mata interview. Then of course we have the Gatorland Christmas Spectacular Part 2, The Gatoring, Gator Ricky Ross doing an another Christmas special and then of course I also put out the 2023 year in review where I talked about all the highs and lows that I went through last year in my professional and personal life and then also I put out interviews of the interview that the Wens and I did with uh, Johnny Swinger I put that out that was uh, an exciting episode I also put out the part two that I did with Tim Gonzalez where we had Johnny Swinger and Buff Bagwell at the same time and we recorded that uh, live in Griffin Georgia it was a tall tales uh, comedy show I also put out a classic pay-per-view review, the WWE Royal Rumble 2019. And last week, I put out a compilation of the first four seasons of the TV show Gotham Review that I did with Zach and Desmond, respectfully. So go check those out. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to, please go check those episodes out. They're great listens. And of course, be on the lookout for episodes that I've got coming out in the coming weeks. I've got uh, Lance Goodman, Return to the Show. Uh, I recorded with him yesterday. That's going to come out uh, later this week as well and then I've got some classic pay-per-view reviews that are going to be coming out in the coming weeks as well so that's what you can expect on the Boochcast and of course Zach with NXT NXT is back on a regular basis we'll be here every week doing the uh, NXT reviews Zach will be here every Tuesday night to watch and record and we'll have it out to you guys uh, early Wednesday morning so uh, we're planning on getting everything back on track especially since I no longer work at UPS (laughs) I'm able to Get things organized and back on track And now that I got all the announcements out of the way We're going to jump now into NXT Vengeance Day And we kick things off with our first Official match of the evening The finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams Trick Mellow Gang Versus Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin Who are apparently now calling themselves The Wolf Dogs Now, before I go into this match I need to make it clear right off the bat As I mentioned before Since Deadline, I have not watched NXT The last thing I watched was New Year's Evil I had a Tuesday off so I thought Let me just watch New Year's Evil I did, Obviously I didn't recap it we were on a break but I watched it anyway but I have not been following NXT on a regular basis so I have no idea what any of the buildup was going into this pay per view I'm going in with a blind mind but I will say this was an awesome tag team match. This was a great way to open the show. I liked the motorcycle entrance that uh, Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin did. Apparently, they're uh, becoming a formidable tag team and it seems like a team that's going to be taken seriously. Obviously, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, you guys know how I feel about them. I've loved Trick Melo gang for the longest time and this was an amazing match. You know, everybody delivered. Uh, Baron Corbin did a stellar job with his spots. Braun Breaker was very hard hitting although there were a couple moments with Braun Breaker that I was not particularly a fan of. Like, there was a moment where he came off the top rope, and, you know, I, I, I felt like Trick and Mello were, you know, they were they were trying to sell the proper way. You know, they were staggering, they were getting to their feet, but I think Braun waited too long to jump, and then they were just, like, staring at him like deer in the headlights, which you guys know I fucking hate that when people do dives. I prefer that they, you know, time it better. I think that Trick and Mello did the best they could, but Braun was stalling, I felt. Braun should have jumped a lot sooner than he did. Uh, so I felt the timing on that was off also at one point Braun Breaker's like going for a move and then he, he almost breaks his neck because he hit the ropes too hard because Braun's like a very powerhouse hard hitting fast running person which I like seeing that I like seeing the powerhouses I feel like we need more of those in modern wrestling I feel like everybody's trying to be the acrobats and the technical guys and we got enough of those motherfuckers we need some hard hitters we need people that are going to brawl powerhouse stand out and make their matches look like actual fights instead of looking like I'm going to see a, a trapeze act at the fucking circus. So I like Braun Breaker in that regard, but at the same time, Braun needs to slow down. He really does. Like, he damn near almost broke his neck, which would have fucked the whole match up especially with the finish. So I felt like Braun needs to just work on his pacing. You know, be a badass, be hard hitting, but don't go so fast that you lose control and hurt yourself. You don't want to hurt yourself, and you damn sure don't want to hurt your opponent. So just work on the pacing is all I would say about Braun Breaker. Other than that, loved it. I loved the the back suplex into the cutter I thought was beautiful. And the whole time I'm thinking, why didn't DDP or Randy Orton think of that? All the years that Diamond Dallas Page is doing the diamond cutter, all the years that Randy Orton's doing the RKO, none of them thought to take it there. Because to my knowledge, I've never seen DDP use that variation of a diamond cutter or Randy Orton use that variation of an RKO. Now, if any of you out there have seen it and you have footage, please feel free to send it to me. Go to the social media pages, hit the DMs. Please let me know. If I'm wrong, correct me. But I have never seen either one of them do the cutter like that. And then, of course, uh, Hayes Counters, Breaker with the first 48 breaker kicks out I thought that was beautiful and then of course you know Baron Corbin into the ring post and the super kick to Braun from Carmelo I thought was also great and because you see Braun kind of like leaning on the ropes and then Mello bounces off and then does that backwards leg drop onto Corbin which made sense because uh Braun was you know unconscious a little bit and dangling on the ropes so it made sense to do that because your first thought is why wouldn't Braun just knock him off and it's because he's still reeling from the super kick so it made sense in that regard and then you know Mello goes up top another great moment because the whole thing was starting off hot he leaps over Braun rolls through trick with the up European uppercut, and then you know, Corbin's going for like a Death Valley driver or something, and then that's when Mello bounces off, boom, hits the move like bouncing off with a clothesline, and then that's when you know, Braun went into that cutter that I mentioned earlier. So, a lot of good spots, a lot of good moments. And then, of course, you know, Trick eventually comes into the match. But Breaker, you know, being the powerhouse that he always is, Gorilla press slamming uh, Carmelo into Trick. And then he goes for like the German suplex and sends him out of the ring. Although, now that I think about it, as I'm kind of watching it back a little bit, I'm noticing that this looks too planned. Like, for example, he's lifting him up and Trick's just staring right at him, waiting to throw. So the timing's very much off. And you can tell he's like, he's literally turning around and getting into position for the spot. So now that I think about it, the spot looks really fake. So I'm not really feeling that now that I think about it. But Carmelo sacrifices himself and gets speared by Breaker. because It looked like he was about to uh, spear trick Williams. And then Williams falls out of the ring. Breaker pins Hayes. One, two, three. And Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Which, from what I'm reading, means that not only did they get the Dusty Cup, but they're also going to get a shot against the family for the tag team titles. And I've got a very strong feeling they're going to win the tag belts. And obviously, you guys know how I feel about the family. I'm a huge fan of Tony D, have been since the first day he walked into NXT. And I strongly believe that Tony D is a future NXT champion. And I feel like if they're going to lose the tag belts, and I'll be honest, I kind of want them to, then Tony D needs to go for the main title. He needs to become an NXT champion. He needs to work his way up to being a main eventer. And then maybe have uh, Stax, the underboss, maybe he can go for the North American title, something like that. I feel like these guys have done it all as a tag team. But I don't want them to go to the main roster. I don't want them to be relegated to just a tag team. Because I know Tony D is destined for bigger things. He's too good. He's been a babyface. He's been a heel and he's excelled at both. He is ready to be a main event guy. He just needs more time and he needs to get more established as a singles competitor. Now, I also want them to win the you know, the Wolf Dogs because Braun Breaker, if he's going to stay in NXT and it looks like they're going to keep him there, despite the fact that he did a great job in the Royal Rumble and he said in a post-match interview that he's not finished with the Judgment Day. So obviously, if he does go to the main roster, it's likely he's going to go to Monday Night Raw and it's likely he's going to feud with with the Judgment Day. I feel like if Braun's going to stay in NXT, though, he needs to be an NXT Tag Team Champion because there's no reason for him to even touch the NXT title anymore. And I've said it over and over and over again. He's ready for the main roster. He really is. Braun Breaker is ready for the main roster. In fact, I'll take it a step further and I'll say this. From what I've read, the original plan for WrestleMania was to have Gunther versus Brock Lesnar. Well, obviously, with Brock Lesnar being tied into the Vince McMahon allegations, There's no plans for Brock Lesnar to go to WrestleMania. He wasn't even featured in the Royal Rumble. There are no plans for Brock anytime soon. God knows if he'll ever come back, period. So I say give it to Braun Breaker. Assuming that they don't win the tag belts, or even if they win the tag belts, fuck it, who cares? Have Braun Breaker go to the main roster and face Gunther at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title and let Braun Breaker win the Intercontinental title. I think it would be great because Gunther has been dominant. Braun Breaker has established he's a badass, dominant motherfucker. So why not let one badass motherfucker beat another badass motherfucker who has beaten practically everyone on the goddamn roster? Again, Gunther, much like Roman Reigns, has run through everybody. That's why Gunther lately, not from the beginning, but lately, they kind of reduced his schedule a little bit. Cause he doesn't have a lot of challengers left and he's basically stuck in the mid card. With mid-card guys that he's already steamrolled over to the point where it's embarrassing. So, let's bring in Braun Breaker, establish a new star, and make him the Intercontinental Champion. And let Braun run with that for a little while. And then eventually work his way up to that World Heavyweight title. That's what I would do. So, I would bring Braun in for that. Like I said, regardless of whether they win the NXT Tag Team titles or not, I would do that. Why not? Make Braun a double champion. Make it look badass or like I said even if they lose the tag belt still put the intercontinental title on him put him on the main roster it'll work and on that note we're gonna move on here to the next match of the evening we've got a no disqualification match Dijak versus Joe Gacy what the fuck is this (laughs) again ladies and gentlemen, like I said I have not kept up with NXT so I have no idea what the fuck led to this apparently there was a brawl and a dumpster was involved and whatever the fuck well Joe Gacy seems to have his old music still and you know he's coming out to the ring there's no four roots one tree because the schism no longer exists and gacy's finally in a match and this was the perfect match for joe gacy to be in because joe gacy even though he's got some technical skill he's very much a psychotic badass and this match was perfect for him especially since there were weapons to where a point where he pulled out army men legos and toy cars and put them on on the table and then eventually die jack goes crashing through the table with the toys on it which hurts like a motherfucker i believe uh vic joseph mentioned the uh legos earlier. There were no Legos in here, but he said, you ever sit on a Lego at 4 o'clock in the morning? That hurts. So, this was a, very much a violent match, or as violent as it could be. And, honestly, I'm glad for that. I did not want to see tackle, drop down, leapfrog, hip toss, out of this match, or drop toe holds, or anything like that. This match needed to be a fight. Because I know, later on, we're going to see plenty of technical shit. Let's have a match where there's just weapons and violence. Especially if there's no DQ. And that's exactly what these guys did. It was hard hitting. It was amazing. Um, these guys definitely killed each other at one point. Uh, Gacy wraps duct tape around Dijak's eyes and beats him down with kendo sticks. So he hits the Feast Your Eyes, but Dijak can't see, so he can't get the pin. So the referee comes by, takes the duct tape off of Dijak's eyes. Gacy hangs upside down in the corner. DDT's Dijak on a chair. There's a splash off the top by Gacy. Dijak kicks out. That pissed me off because I felt that should have been the finish. But eventually Dijak hits Feast Your Eyes. This time he can see, and he gets the win. And then after the match, he stares at a knocked out Gacy who has a sick smile on his face. So I'll give credit where it's due. Gacy looked good in defeat. But I still felt like Gacy should have went over. Just from the way this matchup went, I thought it should have went over. Because I don't know why Dijat got the win here. Because it's not like Dijat's going to be going for a championship anytime soon. Unless something that's happened over the last month or so that I'm not aware of. But that's what irritates me. is When a guy's getting win after win after win after win after win but there's no signs of him getting a title shot. Or getting a title around his waist. So, what is the point? You know, if Dijat's not going to get a title in NXT anytime soon, then I see no reason why a loss to Gacy would hurt him. Because it doesn't look like you're building Dijak up for anything, really. I'm not seeing it. So I kind of wish Gacy had gone over here. But overall, hell of a great match. Loved it. And then, of course, we cut to the backstage area where we see Chase U selling a bunch of calendars. Uh, Apparently, this is to get uh, Chase U out of debt, from what I'm reading here. Apparently, that was the big story. Uh, Chase U's under debt because Andre Chase got in some bad gambling issues. So, apparently, J.C. Jane's idea was to create a Girls of Chase U calendar and sell a bunch of them and raise the money to pay off the gambling debts and, you know, save the school, which J.C. Jane seems very very committed to doing despite the fact that it looked like she didn't give a shit for the longest time or that she was planning the downfall for the longest time. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening here. We got a six person tag match, mixed tag match, OTM and Jada Parker with scripts versus the family, Tony D stacks and Adriana Rizzo. All right. Obviously, like I said, I haven't been watching the last month and a half, so I have no idea who Jada Parker or Adriana Rizzo are. I've never heard of these two. Not familiar with them. I did see the promo, and Adriana definitely has a thick female italian accent uh i know gator told me one time he heard the accent and he wasn't particularly a fan of it i listened to it and here's the thing she sounds like a typical italian girl i I have an italian family i've been around italian women they sound like that and i like the thing It's like you know my nana had a saying fool me once i punch you in the face i like that line so then we get into this match and i'm gonna say this adriana rizzo can't work for shit i'm sorry she is god-awful in the ring. Her timing is bad. Her moves are terrible. Rizzo has a lot to fucking learn. She does. I'm sorry. If she's going to actually wrestle in NXT, she needs more time in the Performance Center. That's all I'm going to say. Otherwise, let her stay a valet. Just, just keep her in the valet spot. You know, maybe let her throw do a couple manager spots, valet spots, get into some scuffles. But as far as wrestling in a ring, she's terrible. She is the weak link of the family, if I may be so bold to say that jada parker she's okay i I don't really have anything good or bad to say about jada because rizzo was so terrible that i can't really get a read on parker and whether or not she can work i would need to see jada parker in the ring with somebody that actually knows how to work before i can actually judge her in-ring skills now of course otm and, and you know, Tony D and Stax, they did their thing. I already know what those four are capable of. But I'm saying, I felt like the girls, they were in the way. And I swear to God, I'm not saying that to be feminist. I'm not trying to be anti-woman. You guys know me. There's a lot of women's wrestlers that I praise. So I'm not hating on women's wrestling. I'm just saying Rizzo sucks. So it was hard for me to get behind them. But other than that, the match was okay. It wasn't really one of my favorites. I felt like this was one of the, the low points of the pay-per-view. And I normally wouldn't say that about the family. But, you know, Tony D did his thing. You know, the hip toss out to the ring to take out OTM. Which I loved the timing of that because they turned right into it. So I like the fact that they did a good job there. And, of course, uh, Parker trying to help out. And then another thing Rizzo did that I didn't like is Rizzo going up top, and then she goes out, she dives off, you know, barely can make a timing of it, and she takes out both members of OTM. I'm sorry. That buries the men right there. I'm sorry. Adriana should not be strong enough to take out two men with a cross body under any circumstances. So that right there buries OTM. You make them look like pussies when you do spots like that. Like, this is the type of stupid shit I would expect AEW to pull. So I'm ashamed. I felt NXT was better than that. Not to do dumb spots like that. So, finally, D'Angelo hits Forget About It on Nima. Gets the one, two, three, and puts an end to this fucking nightmare. Like I said, I normally like the family, but this was a sad, disappointing match. A lot of times it was a spot fest. And like I said, Rizzo very much was my least favorite part of this entire match. Disappointing. Then, of course, we cut to the backstage area where we see uh, Carmelo and Trick getting checked out. You know, Car- you know Trick's is- mouth is bleeding. You know, Melo's got injured ribs. But Melo says that he sacrificed himself because he knows Trick has to face off. Uh, later tonight for the NXT Championship because one thing I noticed at New Year's Evil was that was when Trick was supposed to get his title shot but they said that Dragunov was dealing with some injuries so they postponed it which I like that because a match like that and we're going to get to that main event match in a moment that's a match that needs to be on a pay-per-view you don't put a match like that on free TV especially with the type of popularity Trick Williams has. So in a way, I'm kind of glad that got taken off TV and they replaced it with Grayson Waller to do an Ultimate Survivor, Iron Survivor match where Trick was able to get a win over Grayson Waller. So, you know, Trick thanks him for, you know, taking the hit because he didn't have to do that. And then he says about tonight, and Carmelo says, I know, I know, you got to do this on your own. And Trick says, no, tonight I need my brother by my side, Trick Mellow Gang. So now we know Carmelo Hayes will be in Trick Williams' corner for the match which obviously gets a lot of people excited because we feel like this is the night for Trick Williams. So great backstage moment right there. And then we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT Women's Championship. Lyra Valkyria defends the title against Roxanne Perez. Dear God. Obviously, you guys know how I feel about Roxanne Perez. If you've been following the NXT recaps. And of course, if you saw the Royal Rumble where Roxanne made an appearance in the Royal Rumble. Zach felt the need to tell everybody how much I can't stand Roxanne Perez. And no, I did not enjoy her in the Royal Rumble either. But I knew that this match had the potential to really suck. Because all I'm thinking is if Roxanne walks out with this championship, I'm going to shit a brick. Thankfully, I had no bricks to shit. Because that was not the case. As, you know, the match, they trade pin attempts, submission holds. You know, so a lot of technical shit going on. Then, of course, Perez has to do her, you know, spot monkey bullshit. You know, the head scissor takedown and all the other spinny shit that she does. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, as Roxanne does some kind of hurricanrana, looks like she's setting up for another move. She hits the pop rock. So, all we're thinking is, fuck, this is going to suck. Then, all of a sudden, music plays. Lola Vice comes out cashes in her nxt breakout contract and turns this into a triple threat match now tatum paxley comes out to try and stop it but then lola hits her with her spin kick and then she cashes it in and makes it a triple threat and now the match becomes a triple threat match and roxanne perez is livid pissed off she's losing her mind and now we're starting to see this become a triple threat which means no disqualification no count outs lazy booking but the fans get excited because they want to see Lola Vice, and of course, she hits her spin kick on Lyra Valkyria, and she goes rolling out of the ring, and then Roxanne does a roll-up, and I'm thinking, fuck, she's about to win this goddamn title, then Lola kicks out, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, then all of a sudden, Perez hits the Pop Rocks again, and then eventually, Tatum Paxley charges in, breaks up the pin, they go rolling out of the ring, which is perfectly legal, and then... Valkyria hits the Nightwish on Lola Vice, gets the one, two, three. Your winner and still women's champion, Lyra Valkyria. Now, obviously I was excited for the finish, and I can honestly say I have never loved Tatum Paxley more than I do right now at this current point in time. However, I gotta say Lola Vice cashing in like this was fucking stupid, especially since last time I checked, isn't Lola Vice supposed to be a heel? I was under the impression that her and Electra Lopez were heels they're bad girl wrestlers and by bad girl wrestlers I mean bad as in villain not bad as in they suck because obviously they don't suck but they're supposed to be villains so if you're a heel why would you cash in and make it a triple threat why not wait till the match is over take advantage when they're half dead and then cash in and pin them See, this is the type of shit that a baby face would do. So unless Lola Vice did some kind of face turn during my hiatus from NXT, and there was a face turn that I'm not aware of, the booking on this was fucking stupid. It really was it turned this into a triple threat match which gives them excuses to do more stupid high spots that we don't need to fucking see. Like Perez hitting a DDT Russian leg sweep combo on Valkyria and Vice that looked goddamn ridiculous. And now from the look on Roxanne Perez's face it looks like now she's gonna come up with another excuse to get another fucking title shot and probably win the title again. Like I'm, bu- I'm gonna call it right now. There's a good chance they're gonna have a fucking rematch at fucking stand and deliver and Roxanne's probably gonna take the title there because i know they got a roadblock thing coming out march 5th which ironically is the day after my birthday and the start of season five of dark side of the ring so i'm pretty sure at roadblock she's gonna face lola vice because i'll just jump to this they have a backstage fight afterwards which to me was fucking stupid because i'm looking at roxanne perez like shouldn't you want to wrestle tatum paxley i mean that 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 that's what i think because yes lola vice did cash in and make it a triple threat but in spite of that, you still almost won the match. Tatum Paxley is the reason she lost, not Lola Vice. So why is she jumping Lola Vice? Wouldn't it make sense for her to jump Tatum Paxley? Again, who the fuck is booking this shit? I don't know what's going on with Shawn Michaels, but he is not doing a very good job with the women because none of this shit makes any sense. Then we come to the backstage area and we see this guy Riley Osborne who asks Thea Hale to be his Valentine because apparently this is a boy that Thea Hale has been crushing on at Chase U for a while, and JC Jane's been helping her get her confidence to ask him out. But apparently he sums up the courage to ask her out, and she basically goes, "Yeah, absolutely!" Like she gets that like happy, happy schoolgirl face, like, "Oh, the boy who likes me wants to ask me out," like that kind of thing. And it was cute, it was funny, and because it's Thea Hale, it worked. So now we move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT North American Championship. Obafemi defends the title against Dragon Lee. Okay, gonna be honest, don't know much about Obafemi. Other than apparently he won the breakout tournament and cashed in to go for the North American Championship. Which again, I asked the question, if you have a contract to fight for any championship on NXT, why would you waste it on a mid-card title is beyond my comprehension. If you have the opportunity to go for the big one, why not go for the fucking big one? But then again, I'm not booking, although I should be. But this match was, this was a what the fuck match to me. I mean, for one thing, Obafemi, he's a big motherfucker. He's a big, badass motherfucker. So why do I see Obafemi wrestling like a cruiserweight? Like At one point, he climbs up to the top rope. Why is he going to the top rope? For any reason. And then Dragon Lee does some kind of kick and then pulls him off and does a sit down powerbomb. Now, granted, it looks believable because he's pulling him off the top rope. So it's not like Dragon Lee flat out picked this some bitch up and powerbombed him. But still, why did he go to the top to begin with? And furthermore, why is this big, gigantic motherfucker selling for Dragon Lee? Also, this match was 10 minutes and 56 minutes. Seconds Now, normally when I'm doing modern day recaps, I don't mention the time. But in this case, I have to because I want to know why would it take Obafemi 11 minutes to beat Dragon Lee? This is another thing about modern wrestling that I don't like. When they make their big guys look weak. I'm looking at Obafemi. I'm looking at Dragon Lee. This match should not have taken 11 minutes. If this was the old territory days, Obafemi would be fired for having a match like this. You're supposed to be this big, gigantic, I'm going to say African badass, I know he's either African or he's Jamaican. I don't know. I haven't heard the man speak. But with a name like Obafemi, I'm assuming that's African. It takes you 11 minutes to beat a guy who's barely half your size and I get it I know it's Dragon Lee I know they're trying to make him the modern day Rey Mysterio cause Rey doesn't have a lot of bumps left on his bump card but still Obafemi should have steamrolled over this guy I mean Lee's drop kicking the guy he's falling through the ropes that's where goddamn ridiculous all I can say is this thank god when Lee went for the moonsault he pulled him off the apron or he dove out the top and he caught him and then sets up up a lawn dart I thought that was good but then he starts hitting super kick Dragon Lee's hitting super kicks and a satellite DDT and a running knee and all this other shit a diving Rana but Femi blocks it thank god he blocked it I swear to god if Dragon Lee hit a Karana on Obafemi I'd have shut the pay per view off and waited till the encore so I could fast forward past the fucking thing and then finally there's an atomic bomb by Femi he hits a pop up power bomb and gets the win so Obafemi is still the North American champion that's the good news the bad news is it's It took him 11 minutes to beat a guy half his size. Now, I understand in modern wrestling, this makes modern wrestling fans happy because you guys don't care about realism in wrestling. or I wouldn't say you guys, but I'm saying there's a lot of fans today who don't care about realism in wrestling. They just want to see back-and-forth action. But with me, I like wrestling that looks believable. Not every match has to be a 15-minute barn burner or 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Some matches can be short. That is acceptable. This match should have been a squash. This should not have gone 10 minutes and 56 seconds. Because the longer the match goes, the weaker Obafemi looks. If you're going to have a match go that long, he needs to be facing just a, a motherfucker that is just as big and just as jacked as he is. It should not take him this long to beat Dragon Lee. That is goddamn ridiculous and it's insulting. That's all i got to say about that. And then we cut to the backstage area where we see Lexus King getting a chase you Calendar, and then he starts flirting with Thea Hale, and then that's when the uh, Riley Osborne comes over and starts getting in Alexis's face. And then they start brawling, they start fighting, and the Chase you kid, Osborne gets the upper hand, because at one point, uh, Alexis goes to take him down, and then he hooks his head and like goes for like a guillotine as the security comes and pulls him apart. So it looks like these two are definitely going to have a match uh, later on down the road. I can definitely foresee that match happening at some point down the road. I mean, if it doesn't happen tomorrow night on NXT, it'll definitely happen within the next uh, week or two. And then, of course, after that, we speak to Ava Rain, who apparently is now the general manager of NXT. Uh, cause I, I saw, I actually did see this video where, um, Ava Rain was coming out of Shawn Michaels' office along with William Regal, and William Regal has named Ava Rain the general manager of NXT. And apparently, Ava cut a promo. I have not seen the promo, but apparently, it was very bad. So obviously, Ava Rain does not have the same promo skills as her father. But then again, she is in NXT, so hopefully, in time, she gets better. I know some people have gotten hate for criticizing her promos, but I look at it like this if you're gonna be on TV you're not above criticism you have every right to criticize Ava's promo work just also bear in mind she's in NXT so you can judge but don't be too harsh that would be all I say keep in mind she's in developmental Now, if she's on the main roster and she still sucks, fucking let her have it. But on NXT, judge slowly, is all I will say. And apparently they make the announcement that uh, Stand and Deliver, which is taking place uh, April 6th, and it'll be at 11.30am, so so hopefully I'll be able to see it live, but if I can't, obviously I'll watch the encore version and have a recap out for you guys. Obviously I'll have time because that recap won't drop until the following Monday anyway, with of course the Wrestlemania recap coming the day after. But uh, um, she made the announcement that they've sold more tickets for this one than the one they had last year, so this might be the biggest event in NXT history. And they also announced that they talked about Roadblock on March 5th, but also that NXT is going back on the road, which I'm excited about. So I'm hoping that means... That maybe we'll see NXT in different places instead of in the same spot. Unless they want to do the same TV deals. But hopefully there'll be more NXT live events. In fact, I believe they said on May 26th, NXT Battleground will be in Savannah, Georgia. Which I found intriguing. That's going to take place on May 26th. And is going to be in Savannah, Georgia at the End Market Arena. So who knows? Maybe if my schedule will allow, I can't make any promises, but I will say if my schedule will allow, Zach and I might take that day off and go down to Savannah, Georgia and maybe go see the show live. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, it's going to depend on whether Zach can get the day off from work for that or and. Whether or not I have a job that requires me to work weekends, I'm praying to God that's not the case. Or I might be booked for a comedy show. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But either way, we're definitely going to be seeing NXT Battleground, but hopefully we can actually drive down there and see it. That might be something uh, cool that we do for that weekend. And on that note, we're going to move on now to the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship. Ilya Dragunov defends the title against Trick Williams with Carmelo Hayes. This, ladies and gentlemen, was a fucking stellar main event. Oh, my God. This was awesome. I loved every second of this match from bell to bell. The only thing that was disappointing was the fact that Booker T had a medical issue and was not at this pay-per-view. So when he came out for his um entrance, unfortunately, we didn't get to hear Booker T's, uh you know, play-by-play during the uh entrance. You know, when the crowd's going, Whoa! That trick he's going, yeah, uh-huh. I like it. Oh yeah, man. So we, we miss that because I, I always love hearing that. And it was great from bell to bell. Like Dragonov tries for a running boot. Williams avoids and hits a slam. You know, these got their wrestling, they're working. There's definitely a lot of violence in this. It was hard hitting. Uh, Both these men took each other to the limit. Both these men got busted open. You know, Trick's mouth was still bleeding. You know, Dragunov got cut above on his forehead. These guys were killing each other in this match. At one point, Trick went, hit an H-bomb, used a Dragunov's own move, and he kicked out. And then there was a moment where he hit a super H-bomb, and we're thinking, fuck, this match is over. But one, two, three. Trick kicks out, the place explodes. The crowd went crazy. We it actually looked like Trick Williams was gonna win. And then at one point, you know, Trick hit his uh flying knee finish, which is now called the Trick Knee, but the referee was knocked out because Dragonoff went to go stop the referee. Cause at one point, Trick bumped into the ref. Carmelo went off the apron and then he ducked the clothesline. He hit that trick knee and the ref was out. And had the ref been there, Trick would have won. So a ref finally comes in. It was an edge of the seat match Williams hitting a bookend off the apron and then at one point uh Carmelo was hugging uh Trick Williams and the ref was counting so I thought Trick was gonna get counted out accidentally but Melo eventually let him go and he went back in the ring and there were so many times in the match where it looked like Mello was gonna screw over Trick and it didn't happen so again they kept the story going like that like at one point Trick gets in um Dragonov's face, and then goes to check on Trick. Dragonov clubs him in the back. Carmelo goes for and accidentally chop blocks. Uh, Trick Williams so he gets his knee taken out and you see the look on Melo's face like oh my god because he didn't mean to do that and then there's all this uh, craziness and frustration the emotion it took you on a ride ladies and gentlemen this is what a main event match is supposed to do it's not just supposed to be a match with moves and all that shit it's supposed to be emotion it's supposed to make you feel that's what wrestling does it takes you on an emotional ride to where you feel the action you feel the excitement you're not just seeing it with your eyes you're feeling it with your heart and that's what made this great and then eventually they go running for each other's moves to see who will hit first they both manage to knock each other out but Dragunov with his last ounce of strength drapes his arm over Williams one two three the winner of the match and still the NXT champion Ilya Dragunov and here's the thing I'm mad but I can't be too mad I I really felt like this was the moment to give it to Trick Williams. It's time. Trick is white fucking hot. He is over like mother fucking Rover. Why are they stalling with this? What are you waiting for? What is left for Dragunov to do with this title? And what else does Trick Williams have to do? That's the thought that's going through my mind. As Dragunov is celebrating with his title. And Trick is laying in the ring. Then Carmelo helps Williams up. They start talking. He tells him he's proud of him. He did his best. And then he walks behind uh, Trick for whatever reason. As Trick is staring at Dragunov celebrating. And then all of a sudden he chop blocks Williams. The crowd boos loudly. And then Hayes hits Williams in the knee with a chair repeatedly. And everybody's shocked. Everybody's going insane. I loved it. Now, I had a feeling that Carmelo was going to turn on Trick Williams eventually. What I didn't expect... Was it to happen like this? I thought that Carmelo was going to cost Trick Williams the championship and that would be the moment. That would be the thing that would happen. But obviously, we knew the heel turn was coming. We knew it. We knew that Carmelo Hayes was going to be the guy to attack Trick Williams. Or at least hire the guy who did. So we now know that Mello's behind everything. We just need to know if Lexis King is actually his accomplice. Or if Lexis was just hired to throw Mello off the trail. Like, what the fuck is happening here now obviously tomorrow night on NXT we're gonna get the answers to those questions hopefully I-, I expect Carmelo to be there I expect him to give an explanation there's no reason to make us wait have him come out and give the explanation and I have a feeling they're gonna build to Mello versus Williams what I want to know is are they gonna do it on roadblock or are they gonna drag it out to stand and deliver now to me I think it depends on when they want to call up Carmelo Hayes and that's why I had a feeling feeling this breakup was going to happen eventually. Because Carmelo, he's going to SmackDown. He's been wrestling on SmackDown a lot lately. Trick made one appearance. Obviously, the backstage people in WWE, they're very high on Trick Williams and see him as a future talent. They see him as one of their next top guys. And I do too. And I think Carmelo's going to say he's you know not happy with Trick or whatever and it's going to be a jealousy thing and these two are going to have a match. Now the question is, like I said, do you want to do it at Roadblock or do you want to do it at standing the liver. Here's what I would like to see happen. I want to see this match happen at Roblox. And then at Stand and Deliver, Trick finally becomes the NXT champion. I say do it during WrestleMania weekend. Pull the trigger on Trick Williams at WrestleMania weekend. Do it at Stand and Deliver. Just for simple fact that it's WrestleMania weekend when it's the biggest event of the year and all eyes are on you. Now granted, WrestleMania is the biggest event of the year, but Stand and Deliver takes place around WrestleMania weekend. So it's a perfect time to debut Trick Williams as the new top guy. It's perfect. That's the spot you want to do it at. Settle this feud at Roadblock and start bringing Carmelo Hayes up to the main roster. Because there's nothing left for him to do in NXT. He's done. He's ready to go. So I say wrap this feud up at Roadblock and get Trick Williams on the road to crowning him your new NXT champion. Now, granted, him and Dragunov have already fought by now, so I don't know what it would take to get them in another match. But I would find a way to do that. I feel like Trick Williams, he's ready to be the NXT champion. I think his time has come. I think he's way too over. He's way too popular. He's way too white hot. Strike while the iron's hot. I promise you, there are not going to be any fans pissed off that he becomes NXT champion. And any fan who does, you're a fucking idiot. If you don't think Trick is that guy. The crowd loves him. He's got the look. He's got the promo. He's got the moves. He is everything you want in an NXT champion. This motherfucker is ready. Hell, I felt like he should have won the title tonight, but with this, but I'm willing to wait because of this storyline with Carmelo Hayes. But I'm saying, WrestleMania weekend, pull the trigger. Biggest show, the most attention. This is where the mainstream media is most likely to cover it. Let's make it happen. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this recap of NXT Vengeance Day, I thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in and uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the cast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you guys check out the mail soap opera moment. See our predictions for the Royal Rumble. Find out who was right and who was wrong, although I kind of already told you guys at the beginning, but still, check it out and be on the lookout for the recap of the Royal Rumble coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page also make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast get the latest tweets photos and videos visit our YouTube channel check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted we got a lot of Boochcast footage coming up you guys we have our Dark Side of the Ring videos finally up Uh, we have Chris and. Tammy, Magnum TA, and Breaking the Cycle the Graham Dynasty. This coming Thursday will be the Doink the Clown episode. That's gonna drop on Thursday at 2 p.m. on the YouTube channel. And we got a few other ones scheduled already coming out to you guys. And currently I'm in the process of editing the Bash at the Beach. 2000 video just to give you kind of a handle on where i'm at with the dark side of the ring i got the dark side of the 2000s videos recorded those will be coming out soon and obviously when season five dark side of the ring starts we'll be getting ready for that as well and of course i got the uh, dark side of comedies on deck still got to find some comedians for that but that's where we're at with the youtube channel so go there now subscribe and check out the videos that are currently there and of course make sure you follow us on twitch Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. So we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our Royal Rumble one's still up there. Go check that out. But our next watch party will be... Saturday April 6th and Sunday April 7th for nights 1 and 2 of Wrestlemania 40 it's the biggest event of the year and uh, obviously with everything that's gone down in the last few days I'm just going to say this right now I I, I gotta get this off my chest I know I'm supposed to be wrapping up the show but obviously they've pretty much announced what the main events for the two nights are going to be and like a lot of people I am pissed the fuck off at the fact that Cody is not finishing the story at Wrestlemania and instead they're going to have The Rock versus Roman Reigns reigns, which is we're goddamn ridiculous. Not just because they're part-timers and neither one of them will be here after Mania, but the fact that Roman's still the champion. This is happening at Cody's expense, so that means that Roman's gonna be champ basically till fucking September, which is we're damn ridiculous. You know, Cody should finish the story at WrestleMania because that's the biggest event of the fucking year, and that's where you should be crowning your top babyface as the top champion. It makes no goddamn sense. Now you're gonna have him face Seth Rollins for a title that has about as much value as a Mexican food stamp it don't mean shit no matter how much they try to make it valuable it's fucking not it's a consolation prize and a shitty one at that so the main events are gonna suck but the rest of the card looks great i'm looking forward to bailey and io sky most definitely and we'll see what the other matches are going to be in the coming weeks and months but nonetheless we'll still be on twitch both nights for wrestlemania so hang out join us and see how we react to this fucking shit. And of course we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. And of course you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast support this podcast with small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level which is 99 cents $1 per month. We have our second level which is four ninety $5 per month, the same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription, I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money, give us money, we got better content than Peacock anyway, and we got the third and final level we can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99 $10 per month, same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States ever since they sold it to Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99, 99 bring it over here, we got better content than Network and unlike TKO, we actually care about the fans, are dedicated to giving the people what they want, you have the option to pay with your credit card or with Gpay And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment, we use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's a money left over. When it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. Although I'm not really sure I want to do that, seeing as how he can't show up for work, but maybe I'll change my mind in the coming days. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! <laughs>